0: Philip Bateman Bravo Charlie here at the Asia Pacific Impact Investment Summit. And I'm here with Kimberly Gaia, the founder of the Global Women Leaders Strategic Philanthropy. Kimberly, you've been at this quite a while. Could you give us a few of the things you're excited about at the moment?
1: Yeah, um, what I'm really excited about is to be here, home in Australia, for this uh, summit. Uh, it's really great to see how many people are turning up to uh, demonstrate their commitment to impact. I think it's particularly heartening that we have uh, this full spectrum of impact investors through to structures and also uh, philanthropists. You know, it really is important to keep in mind that, you know, to choose the right instrument for the right problem, to make sure that the right money is going to the right place and and the best use. And by that, I mean, I guess there is still a, an important place for um, philanthropy, pure philanthropy. Sometimes that philanthropy can catalyze impact investing. Uh, other times there's a great argument for pure impact investing. Um, it could be a social enterprise, it has a good business um, underpinning it. But I think it's important to keep all of that in mind. And, and I guess what I try to bring to this in the group of um, uh, women and men in my community is to make sure that we always keep that in mind, that we're structuring the best uh, structure possible, the best solution possible using the toolkit that ranges from impact investing right through to philanthropy.
0: And you talked about impartiality in your presentation, and I dare say it's in what you were just sharing. Could you talk more to that?
1: Yes, so my background is actually banking and finance, structured finance, so this is a natural fit for me. Uh, That being said, I've actually not been a banker for quite a while now. I've been a philanthropist, and trying to bring that neutral lens to suggest uh, ways of doing things, uh, comment on structures, come up with new solutions with no bias, no skin in the game in terms of I'm not a consultant, so I'm not making money. I'm actually donating my time and my skill set. And I think it's important to have some of that neutral expertise in the space, particularly as we're trying to come up with uh, new ways of doing things. Sometimes it's easy to take it maybe too far one way or the other. And I think as long as we keep the people in the center and as long as we're not structuring for structuring's sake, if I could say that, um that uh, there's there's a place for impact investing in many different um humanitarian development and climate-based challenges.
0: So people are out there wanting to commit capital to things that matter and people are out there seeking capital to change the world. What do people need to know about the journey to scale and understanding that?
1: I think the journey to scale is uh, really getting the right partners together. So this is one of the presentations we did here yesterday was on catalytic capital. Mm -hmm. You know, how can we make sure if a foundation is coming in, for example, to uh, helping on a problem that we are using that money wisely? that that money can be used as leverage in many cases to bring in market-based investors. You know, there is a place for a market-based return, but that may be uh, only able to be possible at scale if you do have a philanthropic, public, or private money coming in underneath to de-risk, to create first-law structures. Investors... Um, Uh, often require that to come in at scale. I mean, if you're going to try to tap pension funds, they have their own uh, fiduciary duty, their own investment mandates. There's really not a lot you can do about that, but you can attract uh, scale capital with the right instruments if you have the right uh, layers, if you like, underneath, and there's a lot of creative ways to do that. Um, So we just, again, we need people with that kind of skill set coming in to make sure we've thought about the best way to put the structure together and the best use of foundation money, public money, private money, and market-based returns.
0: And so for the creators and the entrepreneurs out there, I, I know a lot of them potentially burn out on the trying to find money thing and is that more the complexity of the environment in which they're dealing and they're simply spending their time inefficiently trying to access the no, capital I
1: think it comes down to getting organized yeah. and so whenever you build a market um, whether it be in the capital markets or in the impact market or in the philanthropy market this is a big wide world out there and one of the things that my group tries to do is to to narrow up that journey for people you know we have you know small social enterprises we have small NGOs. How are they possibly going to navigate the entire world of Uh, philanthropic or investment capital, creating pockets of expertise or access or connections to make that faster um, and to kind of have a place to go to ask the question or to ask for help. Frankly, that's what we try to do. Try to um, make sure that people who are at the pole face really getting the work done can spend as much time doing that as possible and have groups like ours who who do have connections and skill sets kind of do some of that legwork, um, you know, for them, with them, alongside them, as opposed to leaving everybody sort of running around trying to do it over and over again. So we can get more efficient. And I sat in on a great um, roundtable yesterday with the indigenous social enterprises that are here, um, again, offering to sort of see how we can work together to make sure that we're retaining, very importantly, their culture and their ways of working but at the same time trying to make it more efficient for them to tell their story to attract investment whether it be philanthropic um, uh, more more strategic philanthropic money or actually investment uh, into their businesses so i think that's a great way a great example of just showing but just by getting organized and kind of getting everybody working in their skill sets by working together it will go faster
0: and um. You said you're not a white paper person; you're a whiteboard person. Yes. Could you talk to that?
1: Yes, um, there is a place for white papers, but I, I find often when you're building new models and new markets, um, sometimes you can kind of get stuck at that phase, or you try to design it perfectly on paper. Yeah. We have a, I think we've done a lot of that. I think we need more people actually designing around a whiteboard, um, and then maybe doing some of the case study work. Uh, you know, there's maybe the pendulum's a little swung a little too far in some of these sectors for. Uh, some of getting stuck at that, we should do this or it could look like this. To actually, my experience, most of the issues come out when you actually start working on a transaction, and that comes from the, I guess, my background in the private sector. But, um, you know, the, the regulatory issues, the investor issues, the issues that are important to the development or the climate or the uh, social um, entrepreneur that you're working with come out around actually working together. Um, it's not always perfect, but just get started um, is the, what I would recommend. And that's definitely my bias, whiteboard.
0: Yeah. And execution versus analysis, what's each of them worth? And you uh, talked about the creation of dedicated spaces and centers for excellence, about excellence, about let's take this and not not put it down till it's done. Is this the similar ethos, just about getting in there and making it happen?
1: Yeah, I mean, there was a great example yesterday of a social entrepreneur um, in the um, organic farming space. You know, um, smallholder farmers um, really doing great work uh, in Fiji, for example, and trying to navigate. This goes back to the getting organized. You know, trying to navigate. You know, different regional issues, different pockets of money. Um, taking those examples yeah. to uh, a group, a collective group who. Gets help solve them rather than just bouncing around the system individually don't put it down till it's done his is a great example of how the system is making it really hard for him he's being encouraged on one hand to do what he's doing and the next minute you know the system is making it hard so let's put that problem on the table as a case study and not get up from the table until we've all sort of agreed how we could make it easier for him because he's doing great work
0: and as a, a health check on the impact investing industry, you've got broad awareness across it. We're here at a conference, lots of excited people, an excellent turnout for it. How do you think things are going? What, what's the future? What challenges does the future hold? Um,
1: I think that we're at the stage now where there's been some great testing of. Uh, you know, putting products on top of structures that already exist. So the microfinance space is an interesting one. My challenge to the group and part of the conversation here is how can we do it better? You know, how can we not just attract investment to something that um, maybe, you know, could be done cheaper, could be done with better access, could be done more directly? You know, Do we need all the different interme- intermediaries in the space? You know, how is fintech coming into this space? lessons that we're learning from the private sector. If we're trying to make things faster and cheaper in the banking sector, for example, here in Australia, then we should be trying to do the same. And many people are. Uh, we should be trying to do the same through impact investing. Um, and so not just packaging up what exists, but trying along the way to make sure that we're being more efficient and we're getting a better deal for, in this instance, borrowers on the ground, um, just as we would want for ourselves. So we need to work a little harder.
0: And if people want to learn about this space, and potentially say, well, I'm sitting on a large amount of money and I've realized impact. That's a thing. I could be using this for a wide, a wide variety of benefit. What would you suggest to them?
1: I would suggest um, to start with an area that you're passionate about. I think the best way to learn about something with any of us is something that genuinely interests us. So if climate is your issue, start looking at some of the different uh, funds that are available or businesses that are trying to have an impact. I think um, somebody came out yesterday, uh, one of the tech, well-to-do tech uh, personalities in, in Australia came out saying that they were going to start deploying a significant amount of capital in climate startups. So pick an area that's important to you. In my case, it's humanitarian and development work and get to know it and ask critical questions. Don't accept at face value something that has a, like anything you would buy, um, a, a, a Climate for Good label will get underneath the hood. You know, a lot of what I do is spend my time, given I do have a banking background, looking through documents, info memos, cash flows, and making sure that what I'm being told matches what I Mm -hmm. can see. And if you don't have that skill set yourself, then sit down with someone who does and make sure you're asking those questions because there are different levels of uh, packaged impact out there. Um, And all of them have different, I guess, purposes. But if you're really, truly trying to get into the space, you're going to have to do some work. You're going to have to educate yourself. And so there's some great uh, platforms here in Australia and around the region and around the world that are spending a a lot of time on this um kind of more critical analysis so be prepared to do a bit of homework
0: and in closing if there's one thing you wanted people to know about the global women leaders strategic philanthropy what would you tell them
1: i guess what i would say is we're a community we're not an institution Um, This started from my own personal journey of wanting to give back in a manner that went well beyond my capacity financially to give. My skill set, I see, is a real asset that I feel very blessed to have had a great career in banking and finance, and it's something that I can contribute. And and that is echoed, I think, in the, the people who come into our community. They're looking for a way to make impact and philanthropy part of their lives. People don't want to bolt it onto the side anymore. It's the way we want to live. And so if you are interested in learning how you might do that and the different ways that our community does that, I would encourage you to reach out to me, and I'd be happy to chat to you about it.
0: Thank Thank you so much for your time and your work. Thank
1: you.